Good afternoon, everyone. This is Ruth Mitchell, editor of The Wholesaler Magazine, coming to you from bright and sunny Chicago. Happy to say that. Today, I'm happy to bring to you for our off-the-cuff series, Greg Leidner, who is CEO of Marifish United. Marifish United is one of the largest master distributors of standard pipe products in the United States. Created by the consolidation of United Pipe and Steel, and Marifish Pipe and Supply, the strategic combination resulted in the company having the largest coverage and customer support in the United States. Its products include domestic and globally sourced steel pipe, copper tubing, plastic pipe, electrical conduit, and related products available to independent wholesale distributor customers within the supply markets of plumbing and heating, PVF, HVAC, and many more. The company stands on its core value of helping wholesale customers sharpen their competitive edge. Wow, with that, let's get started and hear what's taking place at Marifish United. Greg, welcome to Off the Cuff. Thank you, Ruth. It's good to be talking to you. Well, it's good to have you here, and I know there's so much to talk about with you. So I'm just going to jump right in and say, you know, Greg, it seems like a long time ago, but, you know, let's start with the beginning of 2020. What was business like for Marifish United when we started the new year? Oh, my goodness, that feels like forever and ever ago. <laughs> You're right. If I can turn back the clock and think, think back to um, uh, the end of 19 and the beginning of 20, it was a, it was a very robust um, economic backdrop across the entire United States where we operate. Our company was uh, planning for a, a strong growth year, building on a, on a solid platform after having completed a lot of the consolidation efforts involved in bringing Murfish and United Pipe together, including uh, integrating ERP systems, consolidating some facilities, and, and integrating the team. And we were um, prepping for our brand launch uh, to go from having two separate entities uh, and uh, launching ourselves as Murfish United, um, and, which we did in February of 2020. Seems like a long, seems like a long time ago. I know. It does seem like a long time ago. And you know, when we started this year, it's like you had talked about, you were integrating the two brands into one. You had one company that was celebrating its 100th anniversary and one that was celebrating its 40th. And you know, you bring the two together and you know, we start 2020 and then all of a sudden, bam, the pandemic hit. So, you know, let, let's talk about that when, you know, COVID hit our shores coupled with the collapse of the price of oil, you know, how did this affect Marifish United? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it, it impacted us first and foremost on the safety side of what we do and, and how we operate. We had to implement a whole series of processes to protect our, our employees, um, especially our drivers who have a lot of contact uh, with customers, they, they go to rest areas, and so um, arming them with the right um, antiseptic and wipes and, and bleach and, and PPE, uh, as well as limiting the interactions both with inbound uh, carriers as well as customer will calls in our facilities and, and ensuring social distancing. We also, within a, a 24, 48-hour time period, 
uh, flipped the switch and enabled remote working for the majority of our office employees. So, so safety was, was, uh, priority number one. And we spent a lot of, um, a lot of time implementing, um, these processes over the course of the first, uh, several days. I think as the, um, uh, as time wore on over, call it the back half of March and, and into um, April is when we started to see the slowdown in the market. It didn't hit all geographies uh, equally, though. Um, obviously, the New York, New Jersey market, which has been in, in um, all the news, was impacted the most severely. Uh, the market I'm in, the Boston area, uh, Mayor Walsh um, uh, put a curb on, on construction in Boston among the union jobs, which... Uh, had an impact in the Northeast. Um, the state of Michigan had a, a total construction shutdown and, uh, the West Coast was hit pretty hard. We saw continued construction activity in, in call it the heart of the country. Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, Colorado, um, Texas were still decent markets for us. So there's, you know, there is some there's some hope here when you're talking about, you know, in the heartland that there's still construction activity that's going on. Um, how do you foresee the disruption in demand impacting the business as well as the industry as a whole? You know, it's it's um, it's similar in, in some respects to what we saw in the uh, 08, 09 downturn um, in terms of the slowdown in demand and what it um, I guess one of the unintended benefits for the United Pipe model at the time um, was that the uncertainty around demand from the wholesaler's perspective actually helped uh, reinforce the benefits of the master, dis- master distribution model, which allowed wholesalers to buy smaller quantities of products uh, and get them more frequently so they, they could keep their fill rates high because we have frequent deliveries and yet they didn't have to invest in inventory that just sat on a shelf. And so during the 0809 downturn, we saw a lot of wholesalers, even the larger ones, turn to the master distribution model. And then uh, I, I expect that that will be a trend that repeats itself. We've seen already in April uh, some of the larger wholesalers that may have been mill direct buyers under a more robust economy turn to master distribution for their pipe needs because it, it gives them more flexibility to react and have product without putting undue risk into their inventory. Well, that is, you know, that's interesting because, you know, you're talking about your customers here too and how you're helping them. So, you know, what other ways are you responding to this crisis to ensure a stronger future for not only your company, but for your customers as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it, for us, um, you know, every challenge leads to kind of creative problem solving. And for us, it's, it's, we're doing a lot of the same things and it's, it's determining what are the right, right inventory levers to pull and, and to have in our stock to support our customer needs. Um, and we're also seeing, um, more and more customers Things through their own safety protocols, and a lot of them are are now utilizing our model for uh, drop ships to their customers to reduce the number of physical touch points along the supply chain, which I think is a a um, an interesting dynamic because anytime you can take cost out of the uh, the operational equation, it, it just adds 
uh, incremental value. And then, um, I mean, I've seen creativity proliferate throughout the industry. I have a customer um, who I'm friends with in, in Vineland, New Jersey, who uh, created out of a dolly uh, in, a, in a hot water tank, he created a, a portable hand wash station, and he's now selling it um, uh, not only to contractors, but he's selling it to wholesalers. Um, and so there's just a lot of creativity um, that gets um, that gets implemented during challenging times. You know, they say the necessity is the mother of invention. Absolutely. That, that's that's kind of what we're seeing across the across the board, which is exciting. I mean, these are these are anxious times, but they're also exciting times. You're absolutely right with necessity being the mother of invention. And, you know, I've, I've known you and your, your company for many years. And I know that you stand on customer service and, and deliverables are huge for you. Can you tell me how you've implemented any changes in your customer service or sales or shipping beyond what you had just talked about? Yeah. I mean, we are, um, obviously, you know, we're a high touch, uh, I touch company. We, we value the relationships that we have with customers and we pride ourselves on our, our um, expertise, but also our accessibility. Uh, and so when customers call, we, we answer the phone and when they don't call us, we call them and check in and see how everything's going. And so we have been able to uh, preserve that model, even working remotely. And so, um, you know, uh, historically, we've had outside salespeople who are in their car, cars visiting customers. Um, those outside salespeople today are are at home at computers and still uh, visiting customers, but they're doing it on the phone instead of in person. And our trucks are are uh, busy, and we're making deliveries to customers. Our, um, you know, we are doing what every company is doing, which is evaluating cost structures, and and they might be visiting. Uh, geographies, our trucks might be delivering to some geographies with a little bit less frequency today than they were doing two months ago when demand was more robust, but it's the same model our customers have come to rely on us for. I I, I should have maybe asked you this in the beginning, um, but have you had to change um, your business plan to remain competitive during this time? No, we, we have not changed our business plan uh, at all. Um, we've doubled down on our commitment to the independent wholesale distributor. Um, I mean, that is, that, is, uh, that is our model. We don't sell pipe unless our wholesale distributor customers sell pipe. So we do our best to maintain um, the competitive ecosystem and put our, our customers in a position to be competitive in their markets. Well, speaking of your customers, you know, how do you believe their needs have changed um, or adapted since the beginning of the year, not only because of COVID, but also, you know, for what's happening in the oil market? Yeah, I think a um, couple things. So that's a good question. Not that the rest aren't good questions, Ruth. It's a good question, though. <laughs> the, the challenges overall in the economy have resulted in um, – an impact on demand, which which obviously everybody knows about. It's also impacting um, commodity prices. The downturn in the oil um, price uh, has an impact on demand for oil country tubular goods, which we don't sell, but it's a big part of the steel market. And when 
there are fewer companies doing oil exploration. There's less steel pipe being used when there's less demand for steel pipe, less demand for autos. It has a negative impact on steel prices. And so it's a, a long way of saying that commodity prices are, are more volatile today. Um, demand is softer today. And so it, it, those two factors only reinforce uh, the business model that we offer in terms of offering customers the ability to buy less commodity products um, from us than they would have to buy if they were to go mill direct. So it's really reinforced the business model today um, more than ever before. Well, not that there isn't uh, there isn't or aren't any challenges um, that we haven't talked about, but I always like to ask the question of, you know, when you woke up this morning and, and you got to your office, be it your dining room table or if you, you know, were able to head into your office and socially distance, what is the biggest challenge that you face today and how are you addressing it? So the biggest the biggest challenge that I'm thinking through right now, and it involves day-to-day, is um, probably the best challenge um, that I've had to think through over the past couple of months, and that's a reopening plan in terms of are there are there areas that are going to open sooner than others because we have distribution centers across 11 states right now, and so thinking through uh, the protocols, um, for our drivers, with our customers, for uh, will calls at our facilities, for our salespeople, uh, visiting customers, uh, who's going to be allowed to do what when and what protocols we need to put in place. And so thinking through the staging and processes required uh, for implementing um, or for enabling reopening is, frankly, one of the best challenges I've had to think through in a while. Um, so that's an exciting set of challenges. And then the other one is um, – for some of our products, we have a, um, you know, we have domestic sources for, and therefore our, our lead times are uh, two, three, four weeks uh, lead time from the time we place order to the time we get delivery. But we do have a set of products for which the lead time is a lot longer. Uh, anything we source overseas is uh, upwards of five, six, seven months. And so thinking through how much to buy today in anticipation of what demand is going to be like in uh, Q3, Q4 of 2020 is a um, an important consideration. So that's that's a set of challenges that um, uh, that we have to think through in terms of what what orders do we place today that are going to arrive in in uh, November, December of 2020. And in order to make that decision, we have to make a, a um, somewhat accurate prediction in terms of what the overall economic activity is going to be like in the United States, uh, and importantly, where in the United States is that economic activity most likely to happen? If you had a, if you had a, a crystal ball, what do you think or believe the future of master distribution will look like? So I, I think, um, I mean, I, we have seen, we have observed in the uh, 14 years that I've been in the industry uh, that master distribution has continued to gain um, share of the overall market. Um, when I came into the industry, and this is across all product categories that we uh, that we sell: plastics, uh, steel pipe, copper tube, and um, conduit and strung threaded rod. The master distribution had less than 10% share of the overall market. And 
And today it's upwards of 20% of the overall market. And the reasons for that is that it just makes fundamental economic sense uh, for a variety of reasons around um, uh, working capital and, and risk associated with wholesalers stocking too much um, of volatile commodity pipe products. Um, and so it is times like this, uncertain times around demand, uncertain times around commodity prices where master distribution tends to shine, but once wholesalers um, um, understand the benefits of master distribution, which they might be um, experiencing for the first time out of necessity, they tend to uh, they tend to hold on to the master distribution model even in times of robust growth because the economics of master distribution are the exact same whether the economy is growing uh, quite well or whether it's experiencing choppy times. And so I, I do see master distribution continuing uh, to gain traction in the U.S. market. Well, I like to call that um, the silver lining, which is a great way to ask you this as well. You know, as I'm always looking for the silver lining, what positive changes or additions have been made that you think will be most beneficial to your business in the long term? Yeah, I think I think that that, that structural notion of master distribution gaining um, users, uh, if you will, or, or customers to experience the benefits is a very, very important structural change that will benefit Murfish United for um, for years and years to come. That's number one. I also think uh, more broadly that this notion of remote working is one that will benefit not only our company, but the industry as well. Um, I am um, I, I am a convert uh, in the notion of remote working uh, as a result of my personal experience over the past five weeks, uh, and I've observed our company uh, being able to successfully implement remote working and and here in the Boston area, um, before the past couple of months, if we had a winter where we saw a, a blizzard or a massive snowstorm, it could have been a crippling impact on our ability to do work that day if people just couldn't get to the office. And um, and that is now a thing of the past. I, I don't think my kids uh, should ever have another, quote, unquote, snow day. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I think our employees are, are going to have another snow day. I think that the, the flexibility that remote working provides, and, and, and I mean, I think the benefits are huge, not only for us, but I've talked to customers around the country who echo the same, uh, the same thing. Well, I agree with you on the remote working. I definitely do, but I, I tend to disagree about no more snow days. So we'll, we'll leave, we'll leave it at that. You know, Greg, let me ask you this. You are located in Boston. You're in that northeastern corridor where it's being hit so hard by COVID. Is the company involved in um, any projects like mobile hospitals or other things like that that are taking place during the pandemic? We, we are. Um, I, I, I know for sure that the pipes that we sell are, are being used by wholesalers for a variety of um, important projects. Uh, there is one project I know for sure because uh, one of our uh, drivers out of eastern Pennsylvania uh, did a direct shipment for a wholesale customer of Schedule 10 sprinkler pipe that was used to um, help put up a temporary uh, hospital at the Stony Brook College in New York. And I talked to the I talked to the driver afterwards, and he was 
he was bursting with pride as he told me uh, and described to me the delivery and felt part of the uh, part of the solution, part of the the helping of rebuilding America, and it gave me just a deep, deep sense of appreciation and pride uh, in our in our workers. It was a it was a very very cool experience. Well, I think if we can take anything away from all of this, it's the way that everyone. It, it, this is definitely bringing people closer together and bringing out random acts of kindness and generous acts. Um, can you talk to me about what your company is doing and how you are giving back as well? Sure. The um, I think the generous act that comes to mind is, as I've told you, our drivers are, are you know, they're still operating tractor trailers and making deliveries, including into some of these, quote, hot spots of, of uh, the United States, like New York City. And uh, we struggled early on to acquire the right PPE, including the masks. And so uh, one of our employees, um, Sarah Marchesio, who uh, is, you know, she's out of our headquarters in a switch mask, got about 20 fellow employees, including including myself, to um, put together a, a program to make masks out of either bed sheets or T-shirts or, or fabric uh, and other household materials and then disseminate them to our drivers. And so um, it was not only a project that our employees did, but we, we involved our families. And so one of the, I, I think, coolest COVID experiences that I've personally had was spending um, several hours with my 11-year-old daughter as she, she was on her um, sewing machine and I was using a hot glue gun and burning myself, attaching straps, uh, but making these masks, sending them out to our drivers and then and then seeing uh, our drivers wear them and use them uh, in the field. And all together we made um, upwards of 500 different masks out of various materials and disseminated them to our our 60 or so um, Class A drivers around the country. Um, and it was a, it was really a beautiful experience, kind of across every dimension you can think of. You know that totally. Uh, that is what I definitely call you know not only a silver lining, but that's a team working together for the betterment of not only family and family being the company. Um, but it also goes beyond that. And that's just so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. And hopefully others can, can have a takeaway of, you know, the small ways that they can help make a change during this time and inspire others. And with that, I'm going to say, Greg, thank you so much for your time today. I greatly appreciate it, your insight, your thoughts, and for what you and the company are doing. And I look forward to when we um, are all able to be together again down the road here at other industry events. So thank you again. You stay safe, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, Ruth. Appreciate it. Take care.